Welcome to A Walk In My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, Makini Smith. Hey, Faith Walkers. Thank you for joining us today on the Walk In My Stilettos podcast, where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but as a mindset coach, what interests me more is her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. Today, we don't have a guest. Today, we have me. I'm about to bless you with my testimony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. We are celebrating our one year anniversary. Can you believe it? We have had 52 episodes Every week, we've released an episode for you guys and shared a magnificent woman's testimony. Thank you for taking the time to be a part of this community. Thank you for taking the time to subscribe. Thank you for taking the time to leave a review and rate the podcast. You have no idea how this experience has not only changed my life, but the lives of all of the women that have tuned in, that have messaged me, that have sent emails and Instagram messages. It's just been absolutely incredible. If you're here for the first time, let's get to know each other a little bit better. So if you don't know who I am, my name is McKinney Smith and I am the founder of A Walk in My Stilettos. I'm an award-winning entrepreneur. I've successfully crafted this business in personal development as a mindset coach and I help women to reach their goals. That's what inspires me so much. I help women to own their stories, conquer their fears so they can actually go after everything that they want in this life from business to personal, from relationships to just life goals. I'm a certified Proctor and Gallagher consultant for my mentor, Bob Proctor. And for those of you who don't know who he is, he is one of the most successful thought leaders on the planet. He was featured in the movie, The Secret. He's got multiple best-selling titles out there. You need to Google who he is. I'm also a four-time international published author. My first book, A Walk of My Stilettos, How to Get Through the Struggle with Grace, is where it all began. The foreword of that book was actually written by Bob Proctor's wife, Linda Proctor. And that evolved into my second book, which is A Walk of My Stilettos, 111 Affirmations to Help You Heal. And that was inspired by the encouragement from all of my readers, from all of the messages and emails asking after they've read the first book, how are you able to still be so positive? So I created the affirmations book to share the declarations and affirmations that I personally used to help me through my healing process. I created my third book, which is the Awaka My Stilettos Gratitude Journal to share some of my success tools with women um, that I've been using that have made a huge difference in my life because gratitude is everything to me. And I learned that from my mentor. That book was followed by the Couples Gratitude Journal, which was inspired by my relationship partner. And for those of you who follow me on social media, you will see many photos of Jeff and I together, and you'll see in my stories how much we share of our relationship and how we've been able to not only build each other up personally, but also in business. 
and I am the host of this podcast, A Walk in My Stilettos, for women looking for the tools and motivation to conquer their fears, own their stories, and walk in a manner worthy of their calling. And I've been blessed to be featured on major media platforms all across Canada, the US, and even South Africa. I've been featured on Huffington Post, XO Nicole. I've been in commercials for B- on BET, NBC, CBC. I've been featured here in Canada um, on CTV. I've been featured on Vice News. Oh my gosh, and so much more. I usually like to start the show by asking my guests as an icebreaker question, what their name means. And the reason that I ask that question is because as women, we have so many different titles that we go by. So many different titles that we are called every day. So many different titles that we either give ourselves or we're given by society. But I feel that a title that has great significance is our name. One, because it has a meaning. And every time someone says your name, they are declaring that meaning to you over and over again. And as a true believer in affirmations and declarations, I think that's major and important. So we should know what our names mean. And I ask the women who come on the show what their name means, and some know and some don't know. And it's beautiful when they discover the meaning, how they move forward in that. So my backstory is I used to hate my name. Makini, imagine as a child, kids make fun of you and it can be heartbreaking. And as I matured as an adult, I embraced it. And I actually, when I meet people and they ask me what my name means, because I'm so used to people saying, pardon me, excuse me, what did you say? Thinking that they heard wrong. I say, my name is Makini, rhymes with bikini, but with an M. One, that helps people to remember my name. (laughs) But two, it also removes the discomfort of them even thinking that they heard the wrong thing. And it, you know, it adds a little humor, it lightens up the mood. But when I was a little girl, my parents told me that my name meant beautiful one. And I'm sure somewhere, I don't know, outside of their heads, (laughs) that it may mean that. But as I began to discover as an adult, when I was doing personal development, one thing that I learned was that a lot of the things that we grew up being told as a child, a lot of the things, a lot of the beliefs that we have came from our parents or ancestors, and a lot of it isn't true. And there's been so many things in life that I have had to unlearn and relearn. And the meaning of my name was one of those things. And as an adult, I learned that my name is Swahili for strength of character. Now, for those of you who don't know my story, the meaning of my name and I'm not bragging, (laughs) I definitely believe that it says who I am. And for those of you who do know me, and if you know me well enough that you actually have my phone number and can call me, you know that that also speaks true to who I am as a person. So another question that I love to ask my guest is, what did they want to be when they were a little girl? And the reason I ask this is because as children, we have a huge imagination. Our imagination as children is so broad and raw. And as adults, as we get older, we are limited in our imagination because the people around us and the environments that we are in unintentionally 
limit our imagination. We are constantly told to be realistic. We are constantly told that we are crazy or to think within certain confines of the environment that we're in. Whether it be in business or in a home or in a family, we're kind of boxed in to conform. We're taught to conform. And as little girls, our imagination is colorful and we're able to dream and we're able to believe and have all of these big hopes. And as a mindset coach, part of what I do with women to help them tap into their full potential is to remind them of those things, to get them to dig deep into their subconscious mind, into the things that they can imagine, imagining the life that they dreamed for themselves, imagining what their life would be like imagining where they would live, what kind of car they would drive, where they would travel, how many children they would have and what that looks like. And the beauty of our imagination, I mean, once we can see it in our minds, we can make it happen in our life because everything in this world is created at least twice. First, through the vision and imagination and second, in reality. So when I was a little girl, I actually just wanted to be a creator. I was very artistic I was able to learn things really quickly and I didn't have one particular thing that I wanted to be. I was interested in anything that allowed me to be creative. I loved to draw and I was really good at it. I loved to do lettering and I was great at it. I loved to create Barbie clothes for my dolls. My mother was a dressmaker, so I learned how to sew very young. As a little girl in elementary school, I knew how to knit and crochet. Like I learned so many things and I made hats and baby blankets, baby clothing and scarves. I just loved to create. So where does that take us now? Where did a walk in my stilettos begin? How did I get here to this point? Because today I feel like I'm still a creator. And I believe that we're actually all creators. We are created to create. We are God's children and if we are his children and we have qualities of our father we were put here to create we were created in the image of the creator which makes us creators so I created a walk in my stilettos originally as an evolution of my journey in the life that I've created in 2012 my sister passed away and she was my best friend my sister was my everything. She was my lawyer. She was my confidant. She was more than just my sister. She had my back at all times. And there was one morning, it was a Sunday morning, and she was having trouble breathing. And she didn't want to share, I guess, with the family. And her daughter had called me and let me know. And we met up at church and we prayed and she was up at the altar and she cried. She came back and her tears weren't unusual because there was many times where she would come back from the altar in tears. She was either up there giving thanks or letting all of her burdens down. But she came back and I was a little scared. And I was having a rough day that day. I was arguing with my now ex-husband and I almost wish I could have done things a little differently. But living in the moment, I went by what was happening and felt that I needed to get home and try and get my son back and deal with the situation. I was wrapped up in my own problems. And usually when my sister needs something, I am there to take her 
anywhere she needs to go if she can't get there on her own. And she said, don't worry about it. She promised me that she would go to the doctors or stop in to emerge just to get her breathing problem checked. And long story short, the next morning, my sister went into cardiac arrest at the hospital. They had kept her for observation and she had collapsed. She ended up being in a coma for three weeks. And during those three weeks, I won't get into too much detail because this episode may get a little depressing. You can read all about it in my first book, chapter seven, called Lost, where I share the story of how I lost my sister. But when she passed away, it left my entire family in a depression. She was the hub of the family. She was the glue that kept us all together on both my mother's side and my father's side. Like I said, she meant many things to me, but she meant many things to a lot of people. And I learned this after her passing. And at the time I was selling real estate and my phone number was on the internet and my phone was blowing up with phone calls and messages and emails and social media DMs of people wanting to let me know what my sister meant to them, how she made them feel, the positivity that they got from her posts on social media, the support that she had shown them even when their own family members didn't support them in their entrepreneurial journey or whatever it is that they were trying to do, that she would just show up and be present. The late night motivational videos that she would send people from YouTube. She just had a heart and it made me think, how do I want to be remembered? What legacy do I want to leave behind? And that became my why. It was life-changing for me and it forced me to dig deep, dig deep into who I was and who I wanted to become and why I wanted to become that person. So a walk in my stilettos was that for me. It was the evolution of my journey, the evolution of the woman you see today and how she is able to serve and show up in this world. It's my walk, it's me as I evolve. The brand has evolved, I have evolved, the people that I serve have evolved. After sharing my own story, took on a life of its own, and I did a book signing in Africa and did a round table and allowed all of the guests to share a part of their story and realized how we are all connected in some way by our story. We can all relate to another person's story when hearing it and how it helps us emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. I decided to start a Walk in My Stilettos podcast because I wanted to highlight women that I know that are extremely successful but have endured serious adversities and still manage to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. They still manage to push through and serve. So it's not just about my story. It's about our stories. It's about the beauty and how we connect through them. And that's why you guys tune in and listen to the podcast, because there's something in every woman's story that you can learn from, that you can connect with. The walk and helping people walk in their greatness, helping people walk in a manner worthy of their calling. Helping people to walk in their purpose is what a walk in my stilettos has become. So after I wrote my story, which is about, well, I'm, I'm losing track, probably like 17 chapters. It's got tips, tools, and scriptures in there to help you get through your walk. But I started to receive messages from all over the world. I started to receive messages from women in Australia that wanted me to mentor them. I started receiving emails and social media messages from women who either knew my sister and felt that they could connect to my story 
I got messages from women who felt like I was writing their story. I also got messages from women that wanted to know after I had been through such traumatic experiences in life, how was I able to keep going? And when I say traumatic experiences, for those of you who don't know, I had my first child at 17. I went through a divorce at the age of 30, a very bitter, (laughs) nasty divorce. I had lost my sister in 2012 and the following summer lost my grandmother who helped raise me. I went from being a stay-at-home mom to a full-time entrepreneur. The struggles of single motherhood and trying to date and everything else under the sun and I overcame that and I transformed my life into the life that I have today. But after releasing these these books, the, the third and the fourth book, I didn't realize that it would open up doors for me. It would open up doors for me to speak on stages and to connect with other spiritual leaders and to learn from other thought leaders and share space with them and be a part of masterminds with people all over the world making a difference, change makers. And I basically had to push through my fear of self-doubt, push through my fear of failure, push through my fear of not being good enough, the imposter syndrome, push through my fear of public speaking, push through my fear of everything and to apply what I had learned in personal development to show up in the world and to use my voice to help other women. And it allowed me to touch people I never thought I would touch. And I get emotional sometimes just thinking about it because when you're in a broken place, and you have no idea how you're going to get out of it sometimes, and you feel like it's hopeless. And when you're able to come through that in one piece with a smile on your face, (laughs) the level of gratitude, it's the stories that I hear from women who say that I've helped them, what I've done for them, that they've been able to open businesses, and they've been able to start their podcasts, and they've been able to write their books, and Helping women to publish their stories, to own their stories, it just encourages me to keep going. And through that whole process, you know, just me being out there helping and serving, I had one of our major political parties look at me as a person of interest to run for the party because I'm someone who is passionate about helping other people. In 2018, I was asked to run in the provincial election here in Canada. And that was probably one of the most developmentally learning experiences I have ever had in my entire life. And it stretched me and it showed me a different side of things. It showed me a different side of people. And it also helped me to become a better coach. It helped me to want to serve more, but it also helped me to understand that it's never about me. There are people out here that want help, but they don't want it from you. There are people that say they want help, but they really don't. They're comfortable complaining and in their state and in their environment. It just showed me hands-on a lot about life that I've been able to apply to building this platform of helping other women to walk in their greatness. A Walk in My Stilettos has now become a personal development brand. And had I known that when I wrote my first book back in 2013, I probably wouldn't have moved forward. So sometimes we just need to be open 
to opportunities and the things that come our way. And instead of fighting everything, go with the flow. Be in harmony with what God has in store for your life. Be in harmony with the universe. Don't fight it. It'll only make things worse for you in the end. But that is how I got to where I am today. And what inspires me the most about what I do is the connections with the women that I've been able to make and to be able to see the difference in their lives from where they were when we first connected to where they are. And I strongly believe in leaving people better than how you found them. I by far am not perfect and I'm sure that at some point in my past I have said or done things that may not have been smart or positive or the greatest but since coming through this personal development journey I am just inspired to see women people doing better with their lives improving and tapping into their full potential and living life on purpose with purpose one of the things that I ask the women that come on the show is to speak to some of the adversities that they had to experience to get to where they are today and I've had many I'll be quite honest with you. I I have adversities on a daily basis. And I had a client recently that said to me, Mikini, you're always smiling in your pictures on social media. Like, I can't wait to get to that point. And I had to let her know that because you see a smile on my face absolutely does not mean that my life is perfect. It means that I am grateful. It means that I am pushing through. And it means that I am happy on the inside. Life may never be perfect in our eyes, but there is still so much to be grateful for that we can be happy and excited about because things could always be worse. And maybe because I'm constantly hearing stories of people who are in a place that they can definitely improve from and people who are in a a down uh, place and people who are in the pits, maybe that puts things in perspective for me. But there are people who are doing worse than we are right now. If you think about other countries around the world. So I just want people to understand that because you see a smile on someone's face on social media, just do not assume that their life is perfect. We all have struggles. But one of the main struggles I want to speak to right now is the health struggle that I've been dealing with this year because I had so many plans for 2019. And like the rest of us, I felt like 2019 is going to be my year. Yes, I was singing that tune at the beginning of the year. It's going to be my year. And it started out great. I was doing my usual traveling and speaking engagements at different parts of the world. And on February 1st, I had a billboard launch in Times Square, New York for the Couples Gratitude Journal. And my partner Jeff and I, we were in New York And we took pictures and videos in front of the billboard and, you know, we did Instagram live and it was such a beautiful moment. And I was looking forward to using that as momentum to move forward. A couple days later, we had the couple's journal was featured on one of our longest running daytime talk shows here in Canada. It was featured as one of their top gift ideas for Valentine's. So the couple's journal was being featured and shown to women all across Canada and our billboard was in Times Square New York and 
people were seeing it everywhere. And I thought, okay, this is going to be the greatest year ever. I'm going to ride this wave. And six days from the day of the Times Square billboard, I had to have major surgery. I had to remove a major organ. I had to make a decision. So I'm going to go backwards before I go forward. About two years ago, the doctors had discovered that I had abnormal cells in my cervix. And after having monthly tests done, they decided that they were going to do laser surgery because they were using the word cancer. And I did the laser surgery and it wasn't successful. And I was having a lot of complications. So I was still on monthly watch for pap smears and tests. I had a cyst fibroid in my uterus that was blocking my tubes and it started to grow and cause a lot of complications and it was sucking my white blood cells and draining my iron and I became lethargic. My iron levels had dropped so low that they were quite concerned and I had to have iron infusions. So I had to go into the hospital and have an IV attached to my arm and instead of a blood transfusion it was liquid iron being pumped straight into my bloodstream because supplements were not enough and food was not enough and I was losing so much blood every month that I was almost unable to function and after it got serious because I was having regular blood tests to check my blood levels and it wasn't improving so they decided that because of where the cyst was inside of my uterus and because of the issues that I was having with my cervix, that they were going to remove my cervix and my uterus. So I had a hysterectomy and my partner and I had to have a conversation about if we wanted to have any more children because this made it definite. There was no going back. And he has one child. He was a single father. He raised his daughter and I have three children. I was a single mother when I met him and we decided that my health was more important. So we went through with the procedure to remove my uterus and my cervix. What was supposed to be a six week recovery ended up being a six month recovery. I speak about it sometimes, but I have an autoimmune disorder, which is called fibromyalgia and it affects the soft muscle tissue and it has a lot of other symptoms. When you have the flu, and your body aches and you get these pains and you get headaches and dizziness and all of those wonderful symptoms, I get that often. And it also causes your immune system to not be the greatest. So if I get a cold, I could have that cold for a month versus a week like the average person. So after my surgery, I had infection after infection after infection. Every infection in every part of the body that you could think of, I had after the surgery. And that was my body reacting. I did my best to remain positive. And I thank God for the greatest partner in the world who made sure that he took care of me mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Because my faith had wavered this year. My health was down and I could hardly function in my business. And I was taking on clients virtually. But through it all, every week, I was still producing podcasts for you guys. Having these conversations with women, staying motivated and staying inspired helped me through my healing process. And this is our one year anniversary episode. And for over six months of that time, I've been recording these podcasts in my home, in my room, in my bed, in my pajamas, because 
I wasn't well enough to do much else. So a lot of people would say, wow, we see, you know, all the beautiful photos on Instagram and, you know, you look like you're living like your best life, which I am because that's not a lie. But between that split second that that photo was taken, you have no idea what else is happening in someone's life. So the reason that I'm sharing this story with you, and it gets worse, (laughs) is because we have to understand that social media is a beautiful platform, but it allows people to build a story around your life without even knowing you. And people build stories based on a picture. And I'm as transparent as I can possibly be online. And I believe that I've been even more transparent with you guys here on the podcast. But don't make assumptions about someone's life based on what you see on social media. Everyone is a human being. Everyone has struggles. It's what we do with it that determines how our life turns out. So despite having my health issues and despite having these adversities and struggles, I'm still pushing through. I'm still coaching people virtually. I'm still recording podcasts. I'm still putting out content. I'm still serving in the world. I'm still showing up to the best of my ability. My message to you is not to give up. Dealing with all of those infections after my surgery, things actually got worse. I was having issues keeping food down. I thought maybe I had developed an intolerance to certain foods and I started removing things from my diet and I had already removed red meat and dairy and all kinds of stuff from my my diet. I had to go to the hospital after 12 hours in eMERGE and a ton of tests. They said there was a lot of inflammation in my intestines and I had gone to my doctor before the hospital visit and twice he used the word again cancer. So they went from suspecting that I had issues with cervical cancer and the laser surgery didn't work. When I had the cyst in my uterus, they said it was abnormal and could possibly be cancer. So rather than having it tested, we removed it. Now I'm trying to heal from the surgery for them to say that I may have colon cancer. So the hospital had given me medication until I could see a specialist. And when I got to see a specialist, there was more tests and more hospital things being done and I had to be put to sleep. And long story short, it took me months to actually be treated for an infection in my intestine, which was caused by the antibiotics that they gave me for one of the previous infections that happened after the surgery. So for those of you out here that are either running a business or that are moms and feel like you can't do something because you have issues or you can't do something because you're not feeling well, you can't, whatever the obstacle may be. I'm sharing this story with you to let you know that it's still possible. It's still possible because with everything that I've been through with my health this year, I have done so much. So this anniversary episode, the reason I decided to make it a solo episode is because I felt the need to share that part of my story because I get so many messages from women that have every excuse under the sun of why they can't do something. And I want you to understand that you can, if you are willing and able, set your mind to it and make a commitment, make a commitment to yourself and find something greater than you to keep you going. Because producing these podcasts, as much as they inspired me and kept me going, 
It's the messages and the feedback and the reviews of how it's keeping all of you going, why I didn't give up and why I've been able to stay consistent. So on to a more positive note, <laughs> I love to ask my clients if they've had any coaching or mentoring that have helped them along the way. And the reason I ask that is because coaches and mentors have been extremely influential in terms of my growth. When I decided to start my personal development journey, one of the guests that we had on the show previously, Carlin Priscill, was one of my first mentors. And it was through her program and her training where I learned about emotional intelligence and about digging deep and discovering what it is in our past, in our painful past, that is hindering us from moving forward. And another one of my coaches, which I speak of often, my mentor, Bob Proctor, and he has taught me everything that I know about the human potential. He has taught me to actually understand biblical principles better than I learned within the church. I've had some amazing mentors virtually and in person, and I make sure that I have mentors in different areas of my life and different types of mentors because there are people with life experiences that are very different than yours. And we only know what we know based on our environment, based on what we've read, based on our family history and our past. So learning from someone who's had a life experience completely different than mine has opened up my perspective. So having a mentor that is a white male that's almost 90 years old, having a mentor that is a black female that is in her 40s, Having a mentor that is a black male that is in his 50s, I make sure that I have different mentors for personal, for spiritual, for health, for everything to help me avoid as many of the pitfalls as I possibly can and that I can learn a wealth of wisdom from. And my tip is to choose a mentor that is in a position that you want to be in because I don't take advice from someone that I wouldn't want to switch places with. So it's beautiful when people say sometimes that their peers are their mentors, but would you want to switch places with that peer? Are you taking advice from someone that is speaking from wisdom versus opinion? I seek counsel from people that are in relationships when I have relationship questions because my single friends <laughs> may cause me to end up single. That's just a point that I think you guys should definitely take into consideration when you're looking for a mentor or a coach. With all of the things that are going on in life, with being a mom, with running a business, with being a woman, with being a woman of faith, a coach, I have to have a self-care routine in place. And when I started my personal development journey and I started to understand self-love, I made sure to implement things on a regular basis to make sure that Makini is taken care of. Because if I'm not taken care of, I'm not able to take care of anyone else. My self-care routine includes getting enough sleep. I make sure that even if I have a late night working, that I have a nap the next day to catch up on my rest. I need to make sure that I'm well rested or I become very cranky with the rest of the world, including my children. I do my best to eat right. So like I mentioned previously, I cut out certain foods that were not good for me and red meat was one of those things that caused my fibromyalgia to flare up so I had to remove that from my diet so I make sure that I, I eat right because we are what we eat what we put into our bodies and there is so much healing properties in our food and if we eat the right things it'll help us to have the energy to do the things that we need to do I 
do my best to remain active. And although because of my healing process, I have not been able to be in the gym like I was previously, I make sure that as a family or just Jeff and I, we go for regular walks. We go for long walks, whether it be in the evening or in the morning, far within our neighborhood or down by the water to help me relax. I enjoy bike rides with my son and my partner, Jeff. I make sure that I stay physically active. Another thing that I do in my self-care routine is I read. I enjoy my alone time. And I think that my alone time is necessary for me to recharge as an introvert. So as part of my self-care routine, I know when I start to get cranky (laughs) or I feel overwhelmed, I take time to myself to read and to walk and to rest. I came across an article that I found online and so far it has been completely on point where it says that your favorite type of shoes says a lot about your personality and my brand, A Walk in My Stilettos, for those of you who have been paying attention, I am obsessed with stilettos, not just in how they look and how they make me feel and they force me to walk with purpose. So my favorite shoe is a stiletto. And based on this article, women in flashy stilettos work hard and have excellent taste. So these women are actually incredibly hard working. They have major drive, determination, and a standout work ethic. This is someone who says yes before she says no. She's very willing and very open to possibilities. She also really loves and values beauty. So she surrounds herself with beauty whether it be in things, people, or how she lives. It doesn't always have to be expensive, but just has to be pleasing to the eye. You walk in and you go, oh, what a lovely room, or this is so inviting. She has a knack for being able to create aesthetically pleasing spaces. That sounds exactly like me. (laughs) So, If you are listening to this podcast and you want to know where else you can stay connected with me online, I can be found online everywhere. Just Google Bikini Smith or A Walk in My Stilettos. On Instagram, I am at the real Bikini Smith because someone else is using Bikini Smith and I can't get it back. And we also have at A Walk in My Stilettos account for the books. On Twitter, I'm at McKinney Smith, and you can find me on Facebook at McKinney Smith or uh, Walk in My Stilettos. I want to thank you guys so much for sticking with us, for subscribing to the show, for following all of the episodes and all of the amazing stories of the women that have been on to share their wisdom. I want to thank you for taking the time to join us. I truly appreciate you. To all of you faith walkers out there, until next time, subscribe to our newsletter at awalkinmystilettos.com and grab a copy of one of my personal development books that are available online everywhere. If you've received value from today's show, please share it with a friend that needs to hear my testimony. Be sure to screenshot this week's episode and tag me on Instagram at Smith or at awalkinmystilettos and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.